follow the marquee and come to the Monday matinee. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Welcome to episode 584 of the Sonic Society, last episode of 2018. I am Jack Ward, one of your hosts, and he is your indefatigable David Alt, the other host. And we have a second part of David Farquhar's seasonal special from Voices in the Wind Theatre with Finding His Voice. Um, Jack, first of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. And, and what's with all this specific language? Well, people tend to be somewhat distracted during the New Year, so I thought, you know, clear and concise should be our watchword this episode. Well, yes, absolutely, because it's not the last episode of 2018, it's the first of 2019. Well, there you go. And uh... <laughs> That's part of the problem. <laughs> and, and I suppose that means you should include our extra features at the end? Oh, most certainly, as we welcome back Alexa Chipman and Misfits Audio with a couple of shorts of The Father Christmas Chronicles. Ah, and it all begins right here... On the Sonic Society. And we'll get married. Well, we're not gonna get married if he's still... What's that? Who's... That car over... It's it's heading this... It's driving in reverse! Gloria! Gloria, are you okay? Steven! What the I saw you both get off the bus. I put the car in reverse. My shoe got caught in the gas pedal. What's the matter with you, Stephen? You almost killed both of us. What's Stop the matter it. with you? You act as if I was trying to kill both of you on purpose. Why would I possibly want to do that, Gloria? Why would I possibly want to do that? Listen, Zach. Listen. Stephen is on to us. He is. <laughs> You're crazy. No. What happened in the airport was crazy. Stop it. He said his shoe was caught in the accelerator pedal Don't and... believe it. I'm telling you, he knows we're trying to kill him. We all had accidents on this trip. But none of them were accidents. We're trying to kill him, and he's trying to kill us. Excuse me. I need you to stop talking. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you, are you ready to shoot, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> I just called for quiet on the set, but you were too busy yakking to hear me. Look, look, I I know your studio is adding voice over to the commercial, but, but we can't have you talking Hold while... Hold Dave. Tony said we need to adjust a light. <sighs> Okay, everyone, hold on a sec. Which light, Janet? Up on the catwalk. Tony says he needs to adjust the light on the breakfast table. It's a little off. Great. (laughs) And we were running ahead of schedule for once. He says about ten minutes. Uh, Thanks, Janet. All right, let's take a ten-minute break for the lights, everyone. Be ready to start exactly in ten. Gloria, uh, Zach, I'm sorry I got a little irritable with you. Shooting a commercial here in Hollywood is no different than shooting a commercial anywhere else. They have a real tight production schedule. It's all on my shoulders to stay on schedule. Yeah, we're really sorry, Dave. On the other hand, (laughs) when the director of photography says, hold it, mm -hmm. so it looks like we got a few minutes till we start shooting again. Come on, Gloria, let's talk over there. 
I don't see Steven anywhere. He was carrying on like a three-year-old. I can't wait to watch them shoot a TV commercial. I can't wait to watch them shoot a TV commercial. And when they're ready to shoot, he vanishes. Unless... Unless you already... Nope. Steven's just fine. For now. So where is he? With my new friend, Tony. The one I met at the hotel bar after we got into town yesterday. Was there uh, money involved? Uh, could be. That's why Tony suddenly discovered he has to adjust a light up on the catwalk. Stevens up there? Yep. Told him he'd get a better view. And now it's all mathematics. Pay off to Tony, plus a catwalk high above the soundstage, plus Stephen up there with Tony, equals no more Stephen. I like the way you do math. <laughs> so, where do they hide the microphone, Tony? <laughs> it ain't hidden, Mr. Peters. It's down there. It's hanging over the breakfast table. Where? There. Huh, I can barely see it. I can barely see anything, Tony. <laughs> Getting old, I guess. Somebody told me I'd get a better view standing high up on the catwalk. But he's wrong. Look, while you're adjusting the lights, I'll head down to the studio floor so I no, can... No! Uh, no, Mr. Peters. Uh, stay up here. We really do got the best view up here. Uh, really. I don't think so. Sure we do. See that... that railing over there? By the blue pole? Railing? Yes. Oh, walk over there. Lean over the rail. You could see real good. Think so? Come on, Mr. Peters. I work up here. <laughs> yeah, I guess you would know. Over here? Yeah. Just lean over the rail a little. You'll see better. <laughs> I don't think so, Tony. Looks the same from over here. I'm heading down to the uh, set. No, no, Mr. Peters. You gotta lean on the rail. Lean hard. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Sergeant. We've taken statements from everyone who was on the scene. Good, good. I'm, I'm finishing up with Mr. Peters. Wait in the squad car. I'll be right with you. Yes, sir. You were saying, Mr. Peters? You asked me if I thought Tony jumped off the catwalk. Yeah. Definitely not, Sergeant. You knew him? I never met him before today. <laughs> but he didn't seem like anybody who would do anything like that. You told me why you were up there with him, but what happened next? Tony suggested I walk over to the far side of the catwalk to get a better view of the chute, and, So, uh, you were a distance away from him when he fell? Yes, I was, but I could still see him. He called, suggested I lean on the railing so I'd see more of the set below. Did you? No, but he did. And that's when he fell through the railing? Yes. Hmm, that's all I need, Mr. Peters. You can leave now. Where can I reach you tonight if we need more information? At your hotel? We're going to a movie tonight. Should take our minds off the accident. Then the three of us are flying out of LAX tomorrow afternoon. But I'll keep my phone on so you can reach me. All right, thank you. Uh, sorry you had to go through this on your vacation. Don't feel sorry for me, Sergeant. I was the lucky one. Right. Good day, Mr. Peters. Bye. Gloria? Gloria? 
Oh, Stephen, let's get out of the studio. What kind of sadistic people question you when they're carrying out a body a few feet away? All broken up. All bloody. <laughs> Just doing their jobs, Gloria. Is Zach already out in the parking lot? Yes, let's go. Um, did you see Tony fall? No. No. That catwalk is up high where it's dark and shadowy. Poor Tony. Did you... Did you hear him scream? Yeah. His scream. And then that crash when he... Let's get out of here, Stephen. Just one second. So you did hear him scream? Of course I did. It was horrible. And? And? And what, Stephen? What about me? It could have been me that broke through that railing. But it wasn't, thank goodness. Of course it wasn't. Because I'm very careful. <laughs> you never know when a railing might be loosened by accident. Loosened? The police told me. Oh. So I guess someone was adjusting it or something. And they forgot to tighten it again. Forgot? Hmm. Yes, maybe they forgot, Gloria. They're playing games with me. And not very subtle ones. I'm not playing Stop it, any... Stephen. What are you driving at? Me? Nothing. Nothing at all. It's just that I'm very careful. Which is why I'm still alive. And Tony isn't. Poor Tony. Very overconfident. And that's when he became careless. What are you trying to say, Stephen? More advice? More little notes? <laughs> no, no advice. No notes. You just be careful, Gloria. There comes a time, Private, when every man must go over the hill Face the fire of the enemy. I'm, I'm scared, sir. Look, I've earned the rank of lieutenant. But if I wasn't scared, why, I wouldn't be alive. To exist, to live, is to be afraid. I know you're right, sir. But tell me, why is it so gosh darn hard? This movie is driving me nuts. Yeah, it, it is kind of gory, even for a war picture. Stephen Shaw chose a weird film. I mean, this is supposed to take our mind off that accident with Tony? I guess it works for him. He just casually gets up to buy popcorn like it's a comedy. No, I keep telling you, it's a message. Don't you get it? You're just upset, and you're starting to sound paranoid. Paranoid? Stephen told me to be careful. Just you be careful, Gloria. He knows you're sensitive about the accident. He knows we're trying to kill him! You were almost hit, Private. I can't watch this anymore. This movie is a bloodbath. It's okay, Gloria. The worst part is over. All the soldiers are. No! No! It sounds like Tony falling off the catwalk. Take me out of here! Stephen is trying to drive me crazy! I'm back, you two. Let me squeeze by you. I've got the food. 
when you know it. This film's got me hungry. Popcorn, Jack? No, thanks, Stephen. Um, Gloria's having a hard time with this film. Nonsense. It won all sorts of awards. She's being overdramatic. I think we ought to leave and... Have some popcorn, Gloria. A lot. Eat it in the car. Let's get out of here. No, no. Where's Gloria? Oh, hi, Stephen. Our flight board's in a few minutes. Where is she? She's always wandering. I asked you both to wait here for me, Zach. You're here. Where is she? Uh, I think she wanted to um, grab a quick drink before the flight. Drink? She's sort of nervous, you know, after what happened at the commercial set. And then getting hysterical at that movie last night? You'd think an escapist film would have calmed her down. Just like Gloria. And what's she nervous about? I'm fine. Her husband is fine. It's Tony who fell off the catwalk. (laughs) He's dead. Not me. Uh, yeah. And this cell phone doesn't stop ringing, does it? First the police, and then... Hello. Oh, Dr. Fleming. The test results. You have them? Uh-huh. Hold on a second. It's my doctor. He wants to talk to me in private. I'll be over there by the drugstore. Wave to me when it's time to board. I'll, I'll wait here for Gloria. Oh, please give her this. Sure. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be boarding flight 6028 to Missoula, Montana shortly. Please stay by gate 23. Oh, hey, Gloria. Feel better after the drink? I'd feel a lot better after ten drinks. But then you'd have to load me into the plane on a stretcher. That was the boarding announcement I heard, right? Uh, we've still got a few minutes. So does Stephen plan to board with us? Where is yeah, he? Over there. See, I think he got a call from his doctor and... Oh, he asked me to give you this. A note? Another note? Don't do that, Gloria. That's what I think of his notes. And don't pick up those pieces, Zach. I am picking them up. Here. He asked me to give it to you. I don't want him to get mad at me. I'm not reading Come on. Humor him, please. It will make him suspicious if you're suddenly ripping up his notes. Oh, all right. And uh, tell me what it says. Hold on. Let me piece it together. Probably just another harmless rule or instruction about something, right? Remember, when we get to the Rockies, enjoy every day like it's your last. What does he... No, no, I am not getting on that plane! Is anything wrong, ma'am? No, no, Gloria's just just nervous about flying, that's all. I'm gonna die, Zach! You too, he knows! Stop it, will you? It's just one of his notes. Stephen doesn't know anything. And you're not going to die. Me neither. Not if he dies first. Boom! Accident gone! You said that before we even started the trip, remember? Well, he is still here, Zach! He's still here! Yeah, I've got a plan A that plan? Be... You've always got a plan, Zach! On the movie set. Tomorrow. By tomorrow night, no more Stephen. Know what the problem is with your plans? None of them work! <laughs> Gloria, were you sleeping on the couch all night? 
There's a king-size bed in there. <laughs> you know all the rooms in this hotel feature king-sized beds. Why were you sleeping out here on the couch? I wasn't feeling too well last night, Stephen. I didn't want to keep you awake. I was getting in and out of bed all night. That's what you get for drinking. You were drinking in the airport, and you kept ordering drinks on the flight. I'm sorry you don't you feel well, Gloria. Thank you for not disturbing me. There's one thing you know I don't sleep, like. Gloria. It's when blah, you're drinking. Blah, blah. Well, I'm heading downstairs to that place off the lobby for a nice big breakfast. Oh. Don't talk about breakfast. Well, at least come downstairs. <laughs> oh, do you need a note on how to find it? No, I don't need a note. Suit yourself. Hurry it up. The studio is sending a car to pick us up for the film location in 45 minutes. Aye, aye, Captain. I see you're not too sick to be fresh. See you shortly at breakfast. Your last one. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Stephen! Stephen, you forgot your cell phone! Hold on, hold on, I'm coming. Hello? No, Stephen Peters isn't here at the moment. He... Mr. Kelso? His lawyer? I don't think he ever mentioned your name, Mr. Kelso. I'm his wife, Gloria. Yes, we're on vacation in Montana. I'll be seeing him downstairs at breakfast in a couple of minutes. The will? Because of who? Let me get this right. Because of what Dr. Fleming told him. Oh, yes, yes, I am. I know all about it, what Dr. Fleming told him, yes. You sent it to this hotel? I don't know if... Wait, it looks like he did get your draft of the will. It's here on the table. Yes, I'll tell him you're waiting for feedback. Right. Bye-bye, Mr. Kelso. Will? I hereby declare that this is my last will and testament and... What? What? Oh, so that's your game, Stephen. You're so smart. So, so smart. But I'm smarter, Stephen. Good morning. May I speak with Dr. Fleming? Not till next week. Well, um, maybe you can help me. Stephen Peters is a patient of Dr. Fleming. This is Gloria Peters, his wife. He asked me to call and go over the latest test results Dr. Fleming gave him. You see, he received the phone call in the airport, and it was a little noisy. He wanted me to make sure he heard it all correctly. Yes, I'll wait. No, you don't have to thank me for being patient. I believe good things come to those who wait. That's why you placed the camera that way. I see. So Susan and Mark are against this part of the mountain. Right, Mr. Peters. 
You have to be on your toes as a director every minute. You see, I shot another film in the Rockies, up in Canada, in Banff. Talk about scene stealing. You put this kind of scenery behind your action and, well, the script and acting have to be top-notch or the audience is going to be staring at those mountains instead of your story. <laughs> well, I can't keep my eyes off of them, Johnny. See what I mean? Anyway, this is one of the scenes where we'll be using your voiceover track, Mr. Peters. Right after Susan talks about her mother. Yeah. We'll start the music halfway through her speech. Cut between Mark's reaction shots and Susan's speaking. Then we get a full shot of the two of them and pull back. Show the mountains as the voiceover tells us about Montana and all they've been through. And Johnny, I have to thank you for providing such a full picture of this project. It'll be helpful when I direct my wife, Gloria, in the studio. She needs a lot of help. And Zach's writing adds so much. You've got a great team. <laughs> yep. And I keep finding out more and more about how well they work together. I'm glad we caught the sunset shot today. We'll match it on Monday when we come back to finish it up at this location and... Huh. Looks like most of the crew left. They've packed up and secured the set for the weekend already. I don't blame them. It's been a long week. They probably went back to the hotel to kick back and let off some steam. You want to lift back to town, Mr. Peters? No, thanks. We have that studio car. So the three of us will see you back at the hotel, Johnny. Sounds good. See you there. He gives me the door code. 5332 to open and lock it. And it'll all look like an accident. Oh, and uh, we don't have to whisper. Everybody left the set already. Except you and me. Oh, and a guard on the other side of the location. And Stephen. Maybe everything will work out this time. The refrigerator unit is airtight. It has to be to keep all that food frozen for the crew over the weekend. Top of the line unit. They spare no expense on these location shoots. It's even soundproof. Perfect. Really? Come on, of course. Can't have Stephen yelling from inside. The guard or somebody might hear him. <sighs> he just loves gadgets. In a few minutes, he'll wander inside to take a quick look. The door shuts, the door's locked, we head back to the hotel. By the time they find his body on Monday... I don't know about this, sack. Oh, no. I was the squeamish one about all this, and you talked me into it. Now you're having second thoughts. About Stephen? No way. It's just that something might go wrong with Nothing's this... going wrong. I planned it to go right. Go ahead. Try the code. Okay. Five. Three. Three. Two. See? It's unlocked. Yeah, uh, stand back. This door is heavy. I'll swing it open and we'll keep it that way till Stephen gets here. Heavy door, it moves really easily. Ah, now look. See? Just enough room to be able to walk right in here and then. Oopsie! Five, three, three, two. What was that, Zach? Just enough room to be able to walk right in and not be able to walk out? Gloria? Where's Zach? <laughs> this is a switch. You're actually where you're supposed to be, and Zach is missing. Our driver's waiting to take us to the hotel. 
We have to move if we're catching that red-eye flight back home. I want to get to our studio on Saturday. Zach went off with somebody. I think a publicist. But he's meeting us back at the hotel, right? I think he mentioned he wanted to stay behind in Montana a few days. Why? He said he can book more business for Voice Frequency Studio. And that he'll call and fill us in when we're back home tomorrow. Really? (laughs) That's Zach. Always thinking. At least somebody is on the ball at my studio. Thanks for the compliment. Behave, Gloria. And that's the studio car. Let's go. It's so pretty here. I hope Zach doesn't stay behind forever. (laughs) Why would he do that? Hi, Mr. Peters, Mrs. Peters. Not used to seeing you in the building on Saturday. We just... We just flew into town, Jessica. Business trip? You look exhausted. Ah, I'm okay, just just a little tired. Do we... Do we need to sign the weekend register today? Oh, no, Mr. Peters. I know the both of you. You can take the elevator right up. Thanks, Jessica. What's that fancy pillow, Mrs. Peters? It's got a lot of color to it. This? A gift from my husband from our trip. I'm going to keep it in the studio. It was a free promotional giveaway at the movie set we were at yesterday. Steven spares no expense on gifts for me, especially if they're free. Behave, Gloria. Let's go. Did you push the button, Gloria? No, Stephen. I thought we'd stand here all weekend long and stare at the closed elevator doors. Just get in the elevator, please. I'm so sorry, Stephen. Didn't mean to be a bother. Look! I remembered to push seven for the studio. Aren't you proud of me? You must be tired. I can't even get a rise out of you today. And here we are back at old voice frequency studio. Peaceful and quiet. Nobody here till Monday morning. Just you and me. Home sweet home, eh, Stephen? It's good to be back, but I I need to sit down. I don't feel so well. Sure, sit on the couch. I'll put my free pillow next to you so you're all nice and comfy. If you don't want the pillow, I'll, I'll take it back. <coughs> so... Here we are. I guess Zach will be calling in a little while from Montana. Maybe he left a message for us already. I have a note by the phone for you, so you know how to call and get... No! No notes! No more notes! It's over! No need to get excited, Gloria. 
There aren't any messages from Zack anyway. Yeah? How do you know? Because Zack is dead. What? D don't be silly. Take a... Take a nap. You're not making any sense. Why would Zack be dead? Because I paid off a crew member on the movie set to give Zack the code number of that freezer and an idea on what to do with it. Like getting rid of me. Go on. I knew you'd turn the tables on him. What tables? Why would I do that? You read my will. I... I left it on the table. <laughs> you couldn't miss it after you got the call from my lawyer. Another paid stooge? Yep. And you reacted just the way I thought you would. <laughs> well, well. Do you blame me? You were leaving Zack the studio. You were cutting me out. He was trying to cheat me. I made you think he was cheating you. And you did the rest. <laughs> Saved me the trouble. Trouble? Of what? Look, Gloria... I know you don't like taking advice from me, but I'm giving you some anyway. When you plan on murdering your husband, and when you discuss it with your lover in a recording studio, always make sure the mic isn't turned on. I heard you on the speaker in the supply room. You knew before we took the trip? <laughs> oh, I enjoyed watching you squirm. I even got you to kill your lover. <laughs> Not feeling well, Stephen? That's what I found out about. Your heart problem and your medication. Are you all right, Stephen? It's a shame sugar pills don't help much. You switched my pills? It doesn't matter much. I don't have long anyway. Which gave me total freedom to get even with you. What can they do to me? And I enjoyed every minute of it. I still get the studio. I saw your amended will. You never signed it. That wasn't my will. I had the real one rewritten. <laughs> On my death, Voice Frequency Studio is being liquidated, and the proceeds are going to charity. <coughs> Not if I can help it. You know, Dr. Fleming's office said you've got a few months to live. That's a few months too long for me, Stephen. I'm overriding the doctor's prognosis. I'm changing it to, your time is up because I'm giving you back your pillow. Here! <laughs> that ought to do it. Hey, <laughs> <Eh>, Steven? <laughs> Steven? Steven? Ah, what a wonderful way to end a vacation. I'm sorry, Zach. Wherever you are, I was never planning on marrying you anyways. 
but you served your purpose. And now I'll have the studio all to myself. It'll be easy to fight the amended will. I'll come out on top, won't I, Stephen? Oh, poor dear. You can't answer me. Or tell me what to do anymore. Well, before I hysterically call the police about my husband's heart attack, I think I'll see what it feels like to sit behind the console of my own recording studio. Gloria Recording Studio. So let's see. Headphones. Stephen's really expensive headphones. A little adjustment and... These are really very comfortable to wear. Not like the cheap headphones Stephen had me use. And how hard can it be to run this tech stuff? Hmm. Turn on the mixing board. Great. That wasn't as hard as Stephen kept telling me. And now I hit play. Hello, Gloria. <gasps> Don't be startled. It's me. If you're hearing this, just know that I left it for you in case I didn't make it back from our trip. Either because of my heart or because of a little help from you and Zack. <laughs> you make me want to kill you again, Stephen. So I suppose if I'm gone, you must own the studio. And you're taking the equipment out for a test run. That I am, Stephen. I know you've been dying you know, to get your hands if I wasn't looking at you slumped over the on booth, the couch, Gloria. I'd swear you were right. talking to me. I've left notes for you all over the console to guide you in how to properly run everything. And I'm and not, not following your notes any anymore, Stephen. Done. Every so I found your voice like you wanted me to. Now get this over with so I can call like the police and maybe get something to well eat. I'm hungry. But please, do pay attention to the note with the red handwriting on your left. I would prefer that you don't try to flip the green switch while you're using my good headphones. You're dead! And you're Those still telling me what to do? So no! I am not reading your notes! I don't care about your stupid headphones! I'm flipping this studio. green switch and I'm... Now don't want to risk damaging them, but I know you will follow my note. Not you. Just as spiteful as usual, Gloria. That's why I left it. I'll bet right now a strong electric surge is probably passing through my expensive headphones and into your dead body. <laughs> I got a few shocks from that short, but not like the charge I juiced up for you. I wired it right before we left on the trip. <laughs> Just for you. But why am I recording any more of this? You found my voice all right. Which means you got your wish in the end. You never wanted to hear me anymore. And now you won't. <laughs> or anybody else, for that matter. <laughs> Finding His Voice was written and directed by George Czar and featured Laura Van Veen as Gloria Peters, John Bell as Stephen Peters, and David Alt as Zach. 
also heard were Danny Bowman, Keith Burnett, Bill Craven, Joe Kurt, Noel Dupuis, Eva Eig, David Farquhar, Nico Jurentis, James Hebelthwaite, Hayden Peter Lee, Dash Lucas, Marcy Mencotti, Nicholas Stroud, Rob Timick, and Judith Norton Wasik. When You Are Gone, Music Kenya Dworkin, Lyrics George Czar, Recording Engineer Ed Stranon. Score composed by George Czar. Recording Engineers David Alt, John Bell, David Farquhar, Granville North Sheridan, and Nicholas Stroud. Executive Producer David Farquhar. Finding His Voice was produced by George Czar for Voices in the Wind Audio Theater. The Father Christmas Chronicles, Episode 1. 3,096, 3,097, 3,098. Father Christmas, that's rather a lot of toys this year. Indeed. Double the golden aquamarine paint order. Well, we could just mark a few as naughty instead. What, Sale? What? I'm sure they did something wrong. The ice is melting. Our lower storerooms have flooded. Holly and Ivy, the Linfield presents are ruined. I packed them yesterday. Used the last of our tinsel, too. Uh-oh. Oops. Eh? Wazil? Sorry, um, I remembered an urgent, um, uh, plum pudding. Yes, a plum pudding in the oven. Mustache. Never mind. A desert charm should dry them right up. Father Christmas, I'm not sure the children want a carriage-sized Victoria cake. Sorry, I always mix up with dessert spells. One moment. This staff, are you eating Miss Brianna's present? No. Off with you. I'm not here. Wassail, did you turn the ice storage into... A warm, bubbling bathtub of mulled cider? Yes, I did. Isn't it fantastic? Father Christmas! I say, what a capital idea! But this is what flooded the storage room. Don't be such a wet blanket. I suppose she does have a point. Holly and Ivy! What is it this time? I really did have a plum pudding in the oven! Who's smoking up the kitchen? Wassail, stop watching the Great British Bake Off! Featuring the voice talent of David MacGyver as Father Christmas, James Leeper as the Arctic Fox Wassail, and Alexa Chipman as Distaff. Music by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetech.com Released under a Creative Commons No Derivatives License in 2017.
Happy Christmas! Ho ho ho! Ah, surf's lovely. Coming, Father Christmas? I'm on holiday, my boy. Why would I exert myself in such a frivolous manner? <laughs> Look, even the staff is enjoying herself. Another strawberry daiquiri, please. Hmm. I believe it is time to return to colder climes and get back to work. But it's only July. The staff, put down the miniature umbrella. We're off. Much better. But I, I had a hula lesson. Never mind. Get down to the secondary cellar complex and check in with Jingle Bell. We'll start moving the dolls in tomorrow. Yes, sir. And that's when the plum pudding set fire to the entire... Father Christmas, we have a terrible problem. No more gingerbread men? The reindeer made a break for it. Worse. Our glacier storage is melting. We'll have to close hundreds of our specialty warehouses. I mean, where will we keep the Turkish delight? Bloody global warming. What can we do? I'll have a glue wine to think it over. Is that your answer for everything? Right there, gentlemen. Whoa! Frost Fairy, I haven't seen you in centuries. I have been in the Snow Queen's realm. Ginger Biscuit? Thanks! Can you help with our ice? I presume that's why you appeared. Indeed. I have perfected a large-scale frost spell. But I require a gift in return. Oh dear. Your holly crown. Absolutely not. Very well. I shall leave you to melt. Wait. Father Christmas, do be reasonable. It's only a plant. And not a comfortable one either. I suppose the children come first. Rule in Hanfodon. Gwyrs. Fantastic! The freeze should last at least 300 years. Take your prize. Oh, I do not need it. That was just a test of your sincerity. Farewell. I hate fairies. What I don't understand is how she knew we were in trouble. This staff. The Father Christmas Chronicles, Episode 2, featured the voice talent of David MacGyver as Father Christmas, James Leeper as the Arctic Fox Wassail, Alexa Chipman as Distaff, and Miranda Reese Jones as the Frost Fairy. Music by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetech.com. Released under a Creative Commons no derivatives license in 2018. From MisfitsAudio.com. Happy, Happy Christmas! Christmas! Buongiorno. 
I am Flaudio, and I am very interested in what makes audio drama work. I want to share with you my recipe for a perfect evening, an evening for two lovers, lovers of audio drama. When I plan an audio drama, I want to make sure that everything is perfect for us. The soundscape is the most important thing to set the mood for the night. When I lay in a special ambiance or sound effect, it is very important because it can express what I feel so perfectly. A sound effect can speak for the story when words just cannot capture the love I feel. Love I feel for you. When it is dark, I turn on the sound effects. I turn up the soundscape. And the voices can then dance in a perfect state of bliss, where there is no world except the one we make with our love. No time except what is needed for our story to play out. A story that we will make come true. This audio drama public service announcement was brought to you by the Amigos. Welcome to another bizarre episode brought to you in amazing 3D. 3D Hello, faithful listeners. I am Victor, your humble host. Welcome to Schlock Audio Theater, where cinema is a cheesy delight, filled to the brim with juicy leaps of logic, where the bottom of the barrel is top shelf, where bad is better, cheap is chic, plots are pointless, and a good time is had by all. <laughs> now, adjust those audio goggles, and hang on because Schlock Audio Theater is on the air! Bigor! Hi, Rich with the Texas Radio Theater Podcast. Look for us on iTunes and wherever you get your audio feeds. Over the next few episodes of Season 8, we are revisiting and reposting the Schlock Audio Theater titles produced by the Columbia Radio Theater over a dozen years ago, and we're inviting their co-creator, Charles Pratt, to comment on them and on Schlock Audio in general. So lots of great stuff that has somehow avoided the internet for years, but we found them and we're bringing them back to you. So adjust your audio goggles and prepare to watch more Schlock Audio on the Texas Radio Theater Podcast. And that's our features for this week's entertainment, kicking off 2019 the way we mean to go on. Thank you for joining us. 
Take some time during your New Year's resolutions to get your tickets and join us at MadCon, the modern audio drama convention which can be found at mad-con.com and will take place in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada on the 24th to the 26th of July next year. That's 2020. Until next week when we return with another holiday favourite, I'm David Alt. And I'm Jack Ward. And good night and Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Please take a moment to remember those who fought for freedom and for those who paid the ultimate price to do so.